Nicotine is highly addictive. It is an extremely fast-acting drug. It reaches the brain within 15 seconds of being inhaled. If cigarettes and other tobacco products had no nicotine, the number of people who smoke every day would drop drastically. The drug withdrawals from nicotine make people crave another cigarette to perk up again. There have been studies that suggest nicotine is as addictive as heroin, cocaine and alcohol. Because of that, attempts to quitting are often unsuccessful because of withdrawals, stress and weight gain. Smokers find it very hard to quit because they are hooked on nicotine. Smoking is responsible for several diseases such as cancer, lung disease, as well as premature death. Over 480,000 people die because of smoking each year. Quitting is so hard that most smokers kick themselves for even starting. Not everyone who smokes enjoys it. As evident by nearly 7 out of 10 smokers would have said they want to quit completely. While many people have switched to e-cigarettes, those people shouldn't be considered non-smokers. They're still slave to nicotine. It's just delivered in a loose, flammable way. Setting out of nicotine addiction once and for all takes away more than a little willpower. A study recently suggests that the number of times it takes to quit smoking for good is much higher than experts once thought. In that case, the road to quit smoking is a long and bumpy one. Most people start smoking when they are in their teens and are addicted by the time they reach adulthood. When others around you are smoking, you practically feel like you should be doing the same. In a way, it's a bonding activity that makes it easier for one to start smoking as well. Today, we meet a case of a lady by the name Godfrey. She started smoking in the year 2000 due to stress of losing her mother in 1999. Let's hear her story. Greetings viewers of Prophetic Channel. My name is Godfrey Pierre Munama from originally Limpopo, residing in Pretoria. And they used to know me and call me by a nickname called Popeye. And this is my testimony. I started smoking in the year 2000. It was actually in the month of, uh, let me say, January to February, my reason being behind the smoking. I lost my mother in 1999. I grew up in a family of five kids to where I, we were four girls and one boy. I was the second child in the family. I got angry to the reason why I didn't understand because I grew up in church. I grew up singing, I grew up worshipping God, I grew up doing a lot of things for God. Throughout the year until the 1999 where my mother started getting sick to where we could not be able to go to church and life just changed around us. So I got very angry and I started now, decided to just say, okay, fine, 
I don't see why they say I must not go drinking, I must not go partying, I must not go do all those, as I've never done them in my teenage years. I just decided to go astray and I started smoking. I started partying. I started doing a whole lot of things. I had challenges where I was raped. To where my circumstances of my lifestyle that I lived came to be of everyday use of my life was of smoking because I had to hide behind the smoking. It was where I hid myself, to where I hid my feelings, to where I hid my anger because every time I felt like I was relieved. I couldn't stop smoking for a second. For in a day, I could say that a packet of 20, it's what I used to indulge. In my teenage years, it was actually less because by then you wouldn't afford. But it got to a point where I had to make means and money of me to have a pack of cigarettes on me. Research has shown that smoking more than 20 cigarettes a day almost triples the chances of surviving a potentially fatal brain hemorrhage. The chances of surviving are only about 50% and victims who live often face a lifetime of disability. The more people smoke, the more at risk they are. I studied at Boston College. My sister helped me out for the first period of time and then from there I graduated my advertising. I was very bright at school. But that got to a point where I could not even finish my education because of my lifestyle that I lived. So I did not put actually the effort of me getting to be who I wanted to be in my teenage lives. So the smoking actually took part to where I had to be in parties. I attended a lot of VIP parties. I did not attend any normal party like any other girl. I did not go to a club where my, with me it was different because I said I cannot sit on a crate. I cannot drink a cot from a cot. They call them cots and the hunter. I, I used to say I can't drink that. I never used to drink as much. I never used to concentrate on drinking. The only thing I was mainly on was my smoking. And my smoking got to a level where I was a full-time smoker of weed and cigarettes. I would not show. If I walked and I said that I smoke, people did not see it in me. Every time I went out, I would actually break a leg. I would actually break a hand or I would be in a fight that it's going to be not nice at the end of the day. I would actually be um, accused of for almost six months. I would get accusations because that's when I, I was starting actually to say that I want to now start going back to in 2012. I started now going back and being more spiritual and attending church. But every time I would go and attend church, that's when I lose. I don't get something. I would start losing my finances. I would start losing what I had. I would just not be who I am. I would actually move back with where I was moving. In 2015, I started realizing that actually this is not me. This is not who I actually want to be. To where when I had my second child, um, her name is Chiamaka. That's the child that actually put, started putting life in me in a different way. I started seeing things differently to where I looked at my first son. He was eight years by the time I had Chiamaka. And I looked at my situation and I started saying to God that, but I was your child and then what happened? Because now life started being very difficult. Because that's when now, uh, for a period of about three months, I didn't smoke. 
my life turned out very badly to where I said, no, I'd rather go back to my smoking because when I smoke and when I do and I go to my clubs, I don't experience such, um, how do I explain it? I didn't experience the pains and the struggle and the difficulties in terms of my finances, in terms of where I wanted to go and the things I wanted to do. I went back to smoking. I, I used to get the guilty conscience of saying that I've got a child. I used to say, you know what, for my children's sake, but I didn't even hide it from them because I used to even smoke in front of my kids. The life that I lived was not that of what I believed because anybody in my house doesn't behave the way I behaved. I used to have boyfriends. I didn't care. If the guy doesn't like my smoking, I just leave you. And I started now when I watched Prophetic Channel to think that I've actually lost a lot. In my life to where it came to where I came to the day that I started smoking and today when I stopped smoking, I've lost a lot of things in my life. I did not realize that I've actually lost my youth years. I'm now 34 years old. And when I look back of what I have lost and calculate, I could actually be a millionaire by now. I encountered with Prophetic Channel in October where my friend invited me. And I used to hear about Prophet Bushiri. I used to hear about Baba a lot. But I just didn't feel of picking up myself to say that there's no way I'm going to sit in dust because I hear you guys that sit in the grounds, sit in this. I used to judge and say, uh-uh, I am not going to sit there because I, I, I don't belong in that group of people. I'm ushered everywhere in life. I used to walk in and I don't stand in queues. Why do I have to go stand in a queue at a church? If God says he wants me, why do I have to go and stand and be like, you know how it is at the showgrounds? Encountered with prophetic channel in the year 2015. I did not take it to head as much because somebody introduced me to it. I was actually on my way to a club that day. It was on a Friday. So I had a new date that was taking me out. So I was dressed up and then a friend came from Nosbate. Her name is Sipiwe. So she's the one that introduced me physically to Prophetic Channel. There were people that actually said to me about Prophetic Channel, but she physically held me and said, take me to church, not knowing that she was actually taking me to find the God that lives at ECG. Because people think that maybe it's magical or whatever. I came there in January again with the same person. As she comes every time end of the year, end of the month when she has enough money to come and pray and do whatever and thank God because she would watch prophetic channel uh, on her she actually said she watches on a phone or she watches at work so she used to say that you know papa papa I didn't understand all this I just said you know it's one of those I've got a lot of things to do that I do on the streets I did a lot of things on the streets I'm known from the whole of Pretoria, actually from Cape to Cairo. 
I go overseas, I meet somebody that knows me. But those people did not even leave anything to say, to come to a point where we would sit and speak about God. I tried to go to churches. I used to wonder and say, okay, I'm close to the prophet, but he doesn't see that I smoke. I would go out and smoke and come back inside the church and sit next to this prophet. He would not even realize that I smoke. He would not even say, ah, but you just came back from smoking and smoking smells. So it sits on you. So you ask yourself, I used to question myself, and but why don't they see the smoking part that, they see so many things, but I want this, them to see actually the smoking part. I was actually blessed to have the guy that I met next to me, one of the sons, his name is Lerones from Limpopo. He was one of the people that actually used to feed me of what Papa's miracles and doings every day. He used to tell me and say, hey, you know my Papa, this is what he did. I didn't understand if he said he's his spiritual father and all that. Because to where I'm coming from with church, I'm from um, a church background of um, Catholic, so Dutch Reformed Church. That's where I grew up inside. I did not know of uh, having a father, spiritual father and all those. I just knew of my pastor, pastor whoever, and my elder church, but saying that is my spiritual father in what I do, I did not know. I came 29 um, January at ECG. I think if I'm correct with the date. That day I decided, when I, because I didn't have anything to do, I decided, you know what, um, I'm going to actually stand in a queue because I, I started developing the love of ECG and prophetic channel. The time I had a crossover with the FNB um, program that went on. So I actually watched on the 31st and took my time and said, I am going to sit and watch prophetic channel and actually cross over with them for the next year. I actually, I had where I vomited at home. I had my own deliverance. I didn't know of what. Raise up your right hand. We are here for the hand of Jesus. I want my God to prove to you that He is God. Maybe your God ever failed before, but my God, He's going to do. Watch. I just want you to believe what's going to happen now. Just believe. Father, let it be. Let it be done. In the life of your people, let it be done. I just want you to believe God for a miracle tonight. I just want you, this is the most important moment. Very important moment. Just believe God that I need this to happen. I can't just enter the year like this. I want this to happen in my life. Just believe wherever you are. Just, just believe. Father, these are your people. As you sent me, heal them. Deliver them. Show them miracles. Those who are blind, open their eyes. Those who can't hear, open their ears. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. I never encountered to be next to Prophet Bushiri ever in my life. I did not encounter with him with prophecy. 
I did not encounter with him with him giving me a word or maybe saying that he's delivering me from this. No, he has never even uttered a word to me to say, who are you? Or how are you? And then I would return back and say, I am not okay. It was just because of the angels there. There is God there. God lives at ECG. If one doesn't open their eyes now, they do not know. I came the 20, the 29th, 30th, we went out partying for the whole night. I, they left me at about 12, 1, because she was also a smoker, but she stopped smoking. I did not apply the line of Judah. I did not use anything. I just had deliverance water that I bought on that Friday. And I felt that the deliverance water actually took away the spirit of crying. Because one thing I can tell you, when you smoke, you can ask anybody who's a smoker, they cry a lot. Smokers cry a lot. They are always in tears. Any small thing, they are always crying. It's actually a weak demon. It makes you very weak. You get to be weak to where every aspect of life that somebody does it to you, you just get angry to a point that you actually cry. You don't know why you cry. You don't know why you're just feeling down. And when you feel like that, that's when now you actually add more, you reduce your lives. Papa was saying at the youth magnet that one spoon of nicotine, one drop of nicotine, it's actually a life out. Every puff which you make has got the one tablespoon of nicotine. I'm telling you, and it removes one day of your life. So if you do 20 times, 20 days out of your life out, they even write there on the paper that it, is, it takes out life. It's dangerous. You see, you're, you're buying, and they write there, if this thing's dangerous, you, you know the dangerous part? You take it, and you're smoking. Why, why, why are you smoking? Nicotine. If I count how many lives I've lost, that's why I said I've lost a lot in my life. Every cigarette counted a, counted a blessing in my life, counted marriage, counted my breakthrough in finances, hindered with my businesses. I came on the 30th and about 10, 11, that was the day Papa was delivering every corner of where the devil lives in a human life. He started by delivering men, he started by, after that he delivered uh, the sexual problems of men, after that he delivered um, women. I was actually sitting there and laughing the whole time. I did not even think, I did not even know. The third time Papa started, uh, was delivering addiction. Before he could even finish the word addiction, I was up, I was standing up. I was the first one. What, put, what took me to stand up it was just one of those things of, ah, let me see if this would happen. It was just a test of, 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 of testing the God that is there and saying, let me see. It was not my faith that lifted me up to say that I know I can stop smoking with, with the God of Major One because I did not know him. I was just an extra. That day, I stood up and then Papa said, come to the front. I ran to the front. But what was making me run? It was not that my faith was saying, I'm going to quit smoking. I don't know what made me run, but I ran to the front. I was in the front row. God sent you to deliver somebody. And if you are here, God will deliver you now, not tomorrow. The smoking, the drinking, whatever addiction it is, eating of things, 
whatever it is, you'll be delivered today. The spirit of lust will come out of you today. Whatever spirit, you'll be delivered now, as I'm talking now. Raise up your hands, raise up your hands, raise up your hands, raise up your hands. It is not a mistake you to stand up and say, I need deliverance. It is a step. God will deliver you right as you are sitting down. But God wants you to take a step to show that you are committed. You need deliverance. That's what God is asking for your standing up. Today, my God is going to set you free from every force of addiction, from every power of addiction. Wherever you are, wherever you are sitting, wherever that you are in, or whatever you are doing, wherever you are, right now, say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Touch me now. Touch, touch me, touch me. Take it, take it, take it. Receive, receive, receive. Now, now, now. One of the ashes was standing next to me. I was just, you know, trying to, to lift myself up to stand and say that I am not going to fall on this grass. I am not going to fall on this dust. I am not going to be dirty. Good Lord, please, can you stop what you're doing to me? It was for the first time I actually encountered to feel that when they say that when the Holy Spirit touches you, you do not have power over your body. I do not have power over my body. I started falling. I started falling. I tried to not even think of what's happening to me to say that I started to hold by this Asha and she was just leaving, letting go of me and trying to help me not to, to fall, but I, she could not even hold me to fall. I fell, I think, about six times. My bruises were so bad. And I only had bruises on the tattoos I have on my body. I did not have a bruise anywhere else. All my tattoos bruised to where the bruises were, were not bearable to watch. I had bad bruises on me. I looked on my side and I looked at the Asha because I'm a person who's actually, um, I used to, my sister says I'm a drama queen. She says that all the time to me, that I just like doing drama, but there is not even drama. So that day I wanted to do drama, but I just said, you know what, let me just leave here and go and sit down because I don't know who's giving me water, who's giving me what I'm feeling. I didn't know what I was feeling, I was confused when I stood up there that what just happened. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord. I disconnect myself from every force of evil standing on my way. In Jesus' name, it is done.
Papa was still praying and still delivering us. I looked on the side that maybe there's somebody who gave me water because remember, I didn't sleep. And when I woke up, I just went in my bath. I put on my dress. I drove to ECG. So I didn't have anything to eat. I did not have any money. I did not have any water to drink. I was by the miracle tent. So I just looked and I said, what is going on? I looked around me and I said, there is something around here. And I don't know what it is, but it's busy giving me water. And this water is actually tasting really, really, really good. Because when you're smoking, your saliva gets very sticky. And your mouth gets to be sticky and numb. You don't actually get to taste what is good. Even if they say something is nice, it's not nice to you who's smoking because you'd bite on an apple. You'll just be eating it for the fact that it's an apple and I just want to eat it. But the taste buds actually taste, they change. There's, in your mouth, there's actually some holes, you know, that eject uh, saliva. The saliva that comes out of there comes with the taste of nicotine. For you to quit smoking, nicotine stays in your body. I don't know, they actually would say that it stays in your body for this. It takes you a year for you to flush out nicotine out of you. It took me only, an, I think, a second for nicotine to flush out of my body. It didn't take me a year for me to say, today I'm smoking one. I didn't have a chat on my fridge to say, okay, fine. I'm going to now drop down from five to two, to two, to from five to three, from three to two, from two to one, because that's what people do till they can say they don't smoke. No, it took a blink of an eye. It took only a prayer. It took only a declaration from Papa to say that I deliver you from my addiction. And then I felt fresh water. I did not have to say that I'm craving. My headache left, my tension left, my stress left. I stopped crying from that day. Everything in my life that was not of God left me. I felt like, okay, I'm light. What is happening? I looked around, I felt maybe I lost weight, I'm slim, but I, I didn't lose weight. That was my hope that actually maybe my weight would go. But my weight actually started dropping from that day. My skin changed to where people didn't recognize me. People that I used to see every day did not know me. They passed me. And I would greet and say, hi, it's me. And say, ah, what just happened to you? When I, what are you using on your face? And I didn't use anything. I don't use anything on my face. I don't put, I don't have any expensive things for my face. I only use, my soap is 11 rands and I use gentleman. And, but people didn't recognize me. And I wondered, why are people passing me? You know, I'd greet somebody in town that actually knows me for a long time. They did not recognize that it was me. Something changed. What mask was on my face, I don't know. I remember very well that there was nobody who sprayed the line of Judah on me. They did not spray anything on me. ECG did not give me anything. The prophet did not come and touch me. He did not leave. He was by the main hall. He was 900 meters away from where I was. I was just watching on the screen. Usually after leaving church, let me tell you, the first thing I do when I jump into my car is like, where is my cigarette? And I would just light it. Immediately I exit the premises of the church that I used to go to. I would actually take a cigarette and I would switch it on. 
and I was smoking, I'd be like, God, I couldn't wait for this. Sitting at church, I'd be thinking, Ish, when is the pastor finished? When are you finishing, prophet? You are busy prophesying to others. Okay, let me go and smoke because I don't see you prophesying to me today. I would actually just leave the church. I would be the first one to exit the door of the church. The minute they say, Amen, I'm the first one to leave because I'm just thinking, and that day I had a pack of cigarettes in the car. And I had my twist pipe in the car. But that day I left ECG, I was a new person. I felt it myself, I said, God, what just happened to me today? It's something that I want to keep forever. I left ECG the time they said Shalom. My friend left at about 3, 4 in the afternoon because they had to drive back to Mpumalanga. The other people are working at Kruger National Park. So the gates closed at 7. So they had to be in Mpumalanga by 7. But I stayed and I worshipped and I prayed. Just after that, I felt different. Just after that, something came out of me. The new person, I felt that, God, what is happening to me? But I worshipped. I was happy. Since the day I encountered with you, Papa, I said, no other Men of God, I shall say I know. No other men of God, I shall say is my father. No other men of God, I shall even listen to what they say. Even when they speak now, I just hear them speaking. I don't understand what they're saying. It's like they're speaking in Chinese. So, these are the necklaces that actually most people notice me. And Papa, I would like to sit here and thank you. I always tell them that it's not by having money one should come and thank you. It's not by testimony what one should come and say that I know the God of nature one. With me, Papa, is different. It's not money. It's not material. But it's because of my spirit. It's because of who I am today. It's because of the person that is me today. I say to you, I thank you. I say to you, for your God, I shall worship. Thank you, ECG. Thank you, Prophetic Channel. Thank you and amen. I know some of you, you're still smoking. And when I look at you like this, I can see smoke on your heads. And you want to stop smoking, you're failing. Can you stand up? If you want me to help you out, I can help you. Those who are smoking, they're failing to, they are failing to stop. It's not a thing that, what, huh, huh? what's happening? No, even in this one? Are you crazy? There is a scene that easily entangles. Some don't drink, don't smoke. But there's something they do. They know that me, my biggest weakness is this. You smoke, you know, and I want to say something to you. I'm still having 11, still, still sitting down. 11, can they stand up? They also smoke. Can you stand up? I want to help you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Who is 10? Where is he? 10 where? 10 is this one. And 11? 
All right. Raise up a hand, those who are standing. I want you to help you with this simple prayer. It's going to help you completely. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, my body is your house. Lord, forgive me for destroying your temple, for chasing away the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come back in me. Live in me again. In Jesus' name, I overcome the lust of smoking. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Did I judge you? Did I judge you? I love you. That's it. That's it. Next time you want to smoke, to smoke the angel is going to come and hold your neck. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit shall whisper in your ear and say, not you. You are wonderfully and fearfully mad. Not you. If you have received a testimony, please email us on the email address on your screen.